You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Anthony Gasparin. This is our weekly Tribe Chat with Jordan Bastian. Currently looking for a parking spot at Progressive Field as we record this. So uh, good luck with that, JB. And uh, the Indians are going to need some, uh, some good luck with Michael Brantley back on the shelf, uh, put back on the DL with uh, shoulder inflammation. And this is obviously the second time they've had to kind of walk this back a little bit during spring training. Uh, there was, uh, you know, too much too soon at that point, and he was held out of action for a little bit. And, and now same thing here in the regular season. Uh, take us through the thought process there and, and what's going on with Brantley's shoulder. Yeah, well, first of all, I think the real easy reaction here for fans is to say, oh, look, they rushed into it. Like, they should have waited. You know, I think in hindsight – that's obviously the, the knee-jerk reaction. Um, but I think it's one of those situations where, you know, Brantley said he felt great. He was doing rehab games in the minors and was bouncing back better than he did when he tried to start playing games during spring training. Reached a point where he was playing back-to-back games and, you know, felt good with his swing and everything. And when your star player says, I feel great, I'm bouncing back well, you know, let's do this. You know, it's. I think you got to try it. You got to see if if it's legit. And I think they were very conservative and precautious with how they handled his comeback. And even after he rejoined the team, you know, working in uh, days off or planning his playing time around scheduled off days, so he wasn't going three, four games in a row right out of the shoot. And unfortunately, you know, after playing up for a couple weeks, you know, he runs back into some fatigue again with that shoulder. So, you know, I think. In hindsight, yeah, maybe they did bring him back a little sooner um, than he should have come back. But also, there's no way that they would have known that, you know, based on how Brantley was feeling at the time and based on the, uh, you know, the evaluations by the medical team and and everybody else. So it's an unfortunate situation because now for, you know, another DL stint, the Indians are kind of shorthanded in that outfield in terms of the, the outfield they like to have. Um, but again, as we noted early on this season, they continue to hover around that 500 mark, and if they can continue to do that um, throughout the, the middle course of this regular season while waiting for Brantley to get back to full strength and while waiting for Carlos Carrasco to get back to full strength, you know, I think that's a good spot to be in for when they do hopefully get those guys back for the rest of the season. Yeah, I guess one clue with Brantley, he wasn't really driving the ball much uh uh, in, his, in a short time with the tribe, he'll meet with his surgeon in Delaware on Tuesday. So we'll get an update then. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, outfield very much in flux. JB, it's been a few weeks since uh, the rotation lost Carlos Carrasco through that left hamstring strain. What is the latest on Cookie Carrasco's recovery? Indian starting pitcher Carlos Carrasco, who injured his left hamstring while covering first base on April 24th in Detroit. Got up on the mound at Progressive Field today. The second time off a mound since injuring the hamstring. Uh, everything went well. Talked to Indians pitching coach Mickey Calloway, who said it looked like Carrasco was throwing 100 out there. Obviously, it's a slight exaggeration, but all things have been positive so far with Carrasco and his comeback from this injury, which looked a lot worse um, than it ended up being. Four- to six-week timetable, which puts him on target for coming back sometime in June. The next step will probably be a two-inning simulated game after a period of two days off. 
He'll need to do a couple simulated games before advancing to a minor league rehab assignment. And when the Indians get him back, they hope it's like acquiring a big-name pitcher at the trade deadline. Carrasco won 14 games last year, struck out 216 in a breakout showing for the Indians. They had a great start to this season before getting hurt. The Indians are hoping that everything continues to go well in his rehab before he's activated from the 15-day disabled list. Uh, Tyler Naquin is back, JB, and you know when he was sent down, his defense was was pointed to as one concern. That was kind of something uh, you thought you could bank on with, with Naquin. He's got the strong arm, and, and thought the the defense in center field would be strong. The defensive metrics weren't particularly strong though on his first stint with the Indians, and then he comes back, and, and Sunday uh, uh, seemed to misjudge the ball uh, off Rosario's bat uh, in Sunday's game. What do you think about Naquin uh, coming along as a defender in center field? Yeah, I mean, it's easy to look at a, a kid who's hitting 300 in the big leagues and, and wonder why on earth would they send this guy down. But, you know, obviously, first of all, options play a role in that, you know, maintaining depth. But the other thing that uh, Terry Francona uh, and Brad Mills, bench coach, who works with the outfielders, have talked about um, is his first step and his route efficiency. You know, one thing on that particular ball that you mentioned in the game against the Twins, Francona said, you know, really good major league center fielders, one thing that they do very well is seeing the ball off the bat and then picking a spot to run to without keeping their eye on the ball, you know, and then picking the ball up before it comes back down, you know, once they get to that spot. That is still uh, something that Naquin is learning to do at the higher levels, and that's something that they've been working with him on, uh, especially during pregame, you know, batting practice, things like that, Brad Mills spend a lot of time and you know from all indications are Naquin is putting in a lot of work out there but you know in defensive metrics obviously a lot of room for error you know especially when you're dealing with small sample size um, but in terms of all major league center fielders Naquin's last in defensive run save in terms of the I think it was 34 center fielders with 100 plus innings he was last in ultimate zone rating uh, per 150 games you know, so this is a guy that the metrics, you know, are really painting a negative picture of right now. That arm really plays. I think that's why uh, when they had him down in the minors, he had one game in right field. And they played him in right uh, for uh, for a little bit when he came back up in the second stint. You know, maybe down the road he profiles better as a right fielder, especially when you know you've got guys like Zimmer and Frazier coming up through the system as well because he does have a really, really strong arm. And that was the one thing they've raved about throughout his minor league career. But, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he's back down in AAA at some point uh, because the defense has been an issue and it's something they really want him to focus on and hone. And while we're on the subject of the outfield, Indians outfielders have four home runs this season uh, going into Monday's action. Only the Braves, with two, have fewer across the majors. So, uh, obviously not much power production uh, from, from those outfield spots, which we knew going into the season was going to be kind of a hodgepodge and, and guys rotating around. But uh, that's, that's certainly uh, an eye-catching number here early on. Um, along those lines, J.B., Jan Gomes has had some eye-catching numbers uh, offensively uh, in a negative fashion, batting 167 with a 557 OPS. But he delivered a little power of the weekend, had a couple home runs. And, you know, sometimes with catchers, you don't really put much stock in their offensive numbers anyway, especially this early in the season because it's so much more important uh, what, what they're doing, the, the work they're doing with the pitching staff and controlling the running game and things of that nature. But uh, obviously this is a, a guy you're hoping for or counting on for a bounce back from an offensive perspective in that lineup. 
and uh, have to be encouraged by the last couple of days at least. Right. I mean, this is a guy that won a silver slugger a couple of years ago, and you know, I think we've talked about it uh, during the spring training was, you know, when all the talk about right-handed power and wanting to inject more of it, I think the hope was maybe Jan Gomes would just be that internal solution. Hasn't really been there yet, uh, but he hit home runs on Friday and Saturday. You know, he even admitted that after the home run on Friday, you know, he kind of uncharacteristically, uncharacteristically let out a little shout as he came out of the batter's box because it just felt like a huge weight lifted off his shoulders. I think he broke an 0 for 20 uh, slide with that home run. He was 2 for 42 going into that at bat. And so to have two games in a row where you clear the fence, it just goes, it does a lot for his, for his confidence, I think, going forward. Frank Ona said there were still some wild swings in those two games. You know, so it's not like he's completely fixed offensively, but obviously to be able to, to walk in after the game knowing that you've helped the team out offensively, which he hadn't been doing, that, that's a good step forward. Hitting coach Ty Van Berkley, I chatted with him about it. He said they've been working with Gomes on his uh, sort of his direction with his stride leg in his, in his stance and his swing. Um, so that's something they're trying to get more consistent with and he feels that there's been progress behind the scenes. So hopefully you see that uptick. He's kind of a streaky hitter because he doesn't walk a lot, so the hits will either be sort of coming in bunches or he'll go through a long drought. He's been in a long drought out of the gates here. I think what's in, what's really encouraging with Jan, though, is over the last few years, Francona has done a really good job of kind of training him to put the offense contributions as secondary, and you haven't really seen it affect him in terms of controlling the running game leading the pitching staff, things like that, which Gomes really values as his number one priority. Um, and speaking of uh, catcher-pitcher relations and, and that priority, uh, the Chris Jimenez-Trevor Bauer pairing, is that a thing now? Because uh, it, it's been three <laughs> starts for, for Bauer. Bauer had the seven shutout innings in Houston last week, and uh, it was overshadowed by uh, Tyler Duffy's performance for the Twins, but he had a decent outing Sunday against the Twins. Uh, what do you think? We got a nice match up there? Hey, you know, let let somebody else get beat up by Bauer's curveball for a little while. <laughs> uh, you know, I think they're looking for anything to help Trevor Bauer. You know, they've they've been waiting for him to kind of take that next big step forward. And if through a few outings, if he feels like he's made sort of a, a rapport with Chris Jimenez since he's been back, then by all means, if the, if the schedule works out where you can put him behind the plate for Bauer, I think they're going to continue to do it. He's been pretty solid with him so far. Um, you know, they've spent a lot of time on the day before those starts talking through what they want to do, kind of watching the game, discussing things together. Uh, and I think it's been a nice pairing so far. So we asked Francona if it was a personal catcher situation, and basically he said, you know, what I just said that, you know, if the schedule works out, you know, if if it makes sense to give Gomes a day off or it's a day game after a night game and it happens to be the day that Bauer's starting, you know, I think that's going to be the way they're leaning to have Jimenez behind the plate for him. So it's been good so far, and if he can continue to get the most out of Bauer, I think that's obviously a big plus for the team. Hey, JB, and all the shuffling over the weekend with the roster, uh, Brantley's going back on the DL, Chisholm went on the bereavement list. My man, Michael Martinez, got back up to the big leagues and went two for four. And I think regular listeners of this podcast know this is the guy who gave my daughter, my one-year-old, a ball during spring training. So I'm telling you, I'm telling you, JB, it's karma. Karma is is working for Michael Martinez. 
not only did he give your daughter a ball, I think that day didn't he have like two extra base hits? Yeah, a huge run? day, huge day. Right after yeah. giving the ball, he makes a great play in the field. He ripped a triple down the line, uh, hit some more home runs as the rest of the spring uh, rolled along. I'm telling you, there's something going on here with Michael Martinez. Well, they they definitely like him. You know, last year, you know, he he was up in the big leagues for a little bit, um, and then in the off season, you know, he agreed to re-sign with the team even after they took him off the 40. Um, so that obviously showed some loyalty there. The coaching staff down at AAA really loves him. They describe him as a great teammate um, and obviously a guy that can play a thousand positions and switch hits and, and all that stuff. So I think they like right now having that versatility, especially with Brantley gone and Chisholm gone at this particular moment. You know, he can go into the outfield if needed. He can pinch run late in the game and then go into whatever position he pinch ran for so uh, they like to have that versatility especially when jose ramirez who kind of held that role is more often in the starting lineup now so i think it's a nice little temporary fix to help the roster and you're right good karma good karma for mr martinez karma is a key word i'm sure temporary is a key word as well but i will enjoy a while last want to thank jordan bastion for joining us thank you all for tuning in it's been mlb.com extras cleveland indians edition MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.